Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the host of the Horrible Movie Podcast discusses the dark side of Hollywood. Uh, around 2010... Things started to kind of hit the skids. He had a bunch of debt piled up. He had a bunch of bills he didn't pay on uh, rental houses. He ended up having a warrant out for his arrest. There was a an interesting video. If you want to just Google search Randy Quaid talking about Hollywood murders, he talks in this video about people in Hollywood that have been murdered: Heath Ledger, Chris Penn, David Carradine, and then these people are also after him and his wife to kill them. This podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Paranormal Contractors. Maybe you have a problem and you don't feel comfortable discussing it with friends or coworkers. There is something going on in your home or business, but you can't explain. Maybe it's, dare I say, something paranormal. This is no time to be dealing with amateur ghost hunters. You need to bring in the professionals. Paranormal Contractors is a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. They use the latest technology to investigate, authenticate, and remediate your ghost or demon problem. Call 1-866-724-0800, 1-866-724-0800, or email them at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com. Tell them Richard sent you. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. And as we head on into the weekend, why don't we let our hair down and relax a little? We'll take a break from UFOs and the deep state. We're going to talk about the film and television industry. 
Jack Altermatt is a good friend of the podcast and the host of the critically acclaimed The Horrible Movie Podcast. And he's standing by to talk about the dark side of Hollywood, including the casting couch, actors and actresses who've had their careers ruined by scandal or because they refuse to tow the company line. And because it's Friday, of course, another visit from Christian Dicadieu, the real John Constantine from Paranormal Contractors. Jack Altermatt is the host of the Horrible Movie Podcast and radio show. Each week, Jack, producer Phil, and a guest talk about a horrible theater-released movie. Past guests include Fabian Nicieza, co-creator of Marvel's Deadpool, Chris Ballew from the band The Presidents of the United States of America, Stan against evil actress Janet Varney, and radio and podcast host Richard Serrett. Oh, <laughs> that's me. And many, many more. Jack Altermatt, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Man, Richard, doing great. Thanks for having me on, sir. Tell us about the Horrible Movie Podcast, what it's about, and where can folks listen to it? Well, the Horrible Movie Podcast uh, is a show that we, we talk about a just that, a horrible movie every single week. Uh, either I bring it on and then invite a guest on, a famous or infamous guest on, uh, or a guest brings a movie on because they're just like, you know, I just do not like Ishtar or I do not like uh, Titanic even. We've done Titanic before. So it, it, it could be a movie that everyone thinks is bad or it can be a movie that, hey, is critically acclaimed, but uh, just I or another another person uh, might not like it. So uh, you can uh, we're, we're on uh, iTunes uh, or uh, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, uh, Spreaker.com. And then we're part of a, a podcast network called the Studio DNA uh, media network so it's one episode a week and when does we do, it drop we do one episode a week uh, and it drops every thursday all right i had the great uh, pleasure of coming on your podcast yes sir uh several months ago mm -hmm. and i'm trying to remember the movie that we talked about you asked we me we talked about queen of blood oh yes yes a science fiction horror b film your family uh, took you to the theater, uh, to the drive, the drive-in. That's right. That's right. And yeah. uh, we were, they went to see Divorce American Style, and we were all in the back of our 62 Valiant station wagon, and we were just supposed to, to fall asleep. You know, try getting a babysitter for five kids. Understood, just, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I just, I, I never actually saw the whole movie. I just saw the trailer. <laughs> and uh, with uh, with Basil Rathbone and uh, 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 James Saxon and and Dennis Hopper, I think, also was in that. And these are like space vampires, am I right? It was a space vampire, yes. yes. The Queen of Blood, yes. yes. All right, so we're, we're going to talk about the dark side of Hollywood. And this is something that you discuss from time to time and certainly something that has come to the fore most recently on Candace Owens' new program, which can be seen on at uh, PragerU. And I'm a big fan of uh, Candace and the work that mm -hmm. she's doing. Yes, she sir. had Roseanne Barr on the program and she yes. caused uh, quite the shite storm, shall we say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when um, she went after the, the, the hypocrisy uh, of the Me Too, Me Too movement mm -hmm. and uh, talking about the casting couch. And she said something to the effect that, you know, a lot of women went to Hollywood and, and, and it's true. It's true. It's yep. not, it's not a comfortable truth, but it is the truth. There's no question. There are a lot of women went to Hollywood. Uh, they traded on their looks and their sex appeal mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and were willing to to trade sexual favors. And I'm not judging them. That's the choice they made, mm-hmm. and and so they did it, and to get into the movies. Uh, and so, you know, that caused quite a stir. Right. But, but the casting couch. Now, there's obviously a dark side because there are women who who, who went there because they were talented and they right deserved on. to be in the movies, and they didn't ask to be. Uh, 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 hit on and groped and 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 so forth. So I mean that that happens too, and it's despicable. Uh, but I, I wanted to talk to you, to you about the long history of the casting couch. It probably right. started, you know, in the days of D. W. Griffith for crying right. out loud. It's just right. always C- been C- thus. C. C. Mill, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cecil B. D. Cecil B. DeMille. Yeah. So let's talk about some some uh, some episodes of the uh, the notorious casting couch. Where did you want to start? Well, I'm uh, just in the forefront. You can, uh, I mean, big name actresses. We talked about. Uh, I've talked several times on the show about uh, Thandie Newton. I don't know, and she's more recent, but Thandie Newton's on Westworld. There's a video, and listeners, you can you can Google this and look it up. There's a video of her talking about. Her experience on uh, the casting couch when she was a minor, and as a a, 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 a a fairly big name director, not but she doesn't really name names. It's not Harvey Weinstein. It's not uh, we talked. Uh, you and I talked earlier before we started recording about Brian Singer. You know, it's not anyone uh, that she names names of. But she's talking about the lewd act. But basically, the director is kind of coaching her through this audition. And then the director is showing the uh, the video around to basically his friends. I mean, almost like again, it's like this abuse of power. We talked about that. You you mentioned that too in the run up. I, I I'm one that uh, just common sense tells me that there are basically, and I break it down to three reasons that Hollywood actresses would put themselves through this. You go to Hollywood, uh, and one, the dream is worth it to them uh, to come to Hollywood. Uh, and to uh, maybe put themselves through that sort of agony, which is trading basically, I mean, I don't want to say their humanity, but it's basically trading. Sellers, they've sold their soul. Exactly. So then the second one, I would go with human ego. And human ego, what what would it say? It would say that, hey, there's no way that this could happen to me. There's, you know, it's it's obviously not going to happen to me. It's happened to other people, wouldn't happen to me. And the third one basically is just kind of what you said, People accept that this is just how Hollywood is, and we're just going to uh, grin and bear it. And if we come out uh, on top, uh, then we uh, – no pun intended there – but if we come out ahead, then we're um, uh, you know, it, we're going to be better for the experience. But you know, we're just going to deal with the – like we said, the casting right. couch. Well, it's not, it's not only Hollywood. It is the history of the world. Right, that's true. Uh, I mean, if, how far back do we want to go to, you know, King Herod and Salome, Salome, the, you know, the, the, uh, the dance of the veils. Right on. Uh, this is just the way that the world works. Right. Uh, you know, feminine wiles and, or, uh, versus, uh, you know, um, man's more lascivious nature, however you want to couch it, uh, no right. pun intended. No. Again, pun but intended. That, yeah. that is the history of the world. <laughs> and why would it be any different in Hollywood? This is the way it works in, or has worked in politics. Yes, uh, well, we And, and um, yeah, so nothing new under the sun, as they say. But the thing about Hollywood, I guess what, what sort of perturbs me to no end is that on the one hand, we have all of this unsavory behavior going on in Hollywood, not just, yes. you know, whether you were talking about sex addiction and drug addiction and 
alcohol addiction and uh, the, the pornography that's coming out of there uh, right. and the, the violence, the glorification of violence. Um, yes, objectification of women, uh, but also uh, sexualizing children. All of this yep. coming out of Tinseltown and yet they expect us to take our moral cues from them. Well, yeah, it's it's laughable. And we've talked about that too. the the grand, like just the grandstanding that happens and the uh, Hollywood a lot of times will take that moral high ground and it it couldn't be more. Again, it it could be more of a swamp. (laughs) You know, Uh, you you talked about the pedophilia side of it. Uh, You know, it's been recorded big time. uh, The 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 Corey's from the 80s, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim uh, and some of the abuses that they went went through those are things though that are pretty much swept under the rug uh you you know you're not like uh, it's it's not as uh accepted as it you know the harvey weinstein uh being called out and uh it's just one of those things that as it comes out i know you've had guests before that have talked in length about michael jackson uh but there's that that side of it too just that that someone in a dominant uh uh position of power and uh, just uh, any abuse of children is just man, it's unacceptable, Richard. It's, it's one of those. Uh, it's the most egregious thing. I'm a believer myself. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. So, like, uh, boy, uh, we've got to take care of ch- children. Like that, uh, Jesus would say that. So, well, I mean, you're right. And and as ba- as bad as some of the Weinstein stuff is, and you know, there's no doubt he. By all accounts, I mean, he, he allegedly, anyway, because the trial hasn't occurred yet. But he, right. uh, he, he, he's allegedly guilty of rape. I mean, mm-hmm. there's the casting couch. There's, you know, you do this for me, and I'll do that. That's if, right. if that's a mutual, fa- uh, yeah, yeah favor system. Yeah, if that's mutually agreed upon, that's you know, that's one thing, as yeah. unsavory as that might be. But rape is rape, and that's just absolutely oh, ab- evil. Unex- However, yeah. uh, that, as you say, is a more sort of palatable i mean we we recognize that we talk about it it's out in the open so we can we can address it but it's really uh there's something even darker going on that is in hollywood and that and that is as you say pedophilia Uh, and i just it's satanic i think i think what's coming going on in hollywood is satanic well i agree and uh, if anything is in need of a special counsel (laughs) <laughs> uh, never mind Russian collusion. It's it's right. Hollywood. I, I, they well, need to bring in, you know, uh, a process. They need to bring in the weight of the de- Department of Justice down on Hollywood, big time. Well, and you uh, a name a name in that front. Uh, Kevin Spacey it went went from one of the biggest actors in Hollywood to to then uh, some of his transgressions came to light. When you don't hear hiding or hair of him at this point, do you? So I mean. Uh, there are certain things that, like I said, either they get swept under the rug or they just sort of go away uh, because no one wants to really uh, talk about talk about those things. Well, I think you also you get to a certain level uh, where you can you can you can drown someone in lawyers or legal fees. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, and you have you have more money than God, and yeah. you're, you are untouchable. And I well, think there I mean, are some untouchables, not only in Hollywood, but obviously in, in Washington, everywhere. Well, right. And and I think it's that insulation of the uh, that just that world that they put themselves around. I mean, uh, from a very early age, we are conditioned uh, to deify uh, people in Hollywood. We're, we're, we're any celebrity. We're going to uh, 
kind of kind of say this is kind of the uh, pinnacle of society. And if you can ever ascend to that pinnacle, then this is where you know this is the the greatest thing you can possibly be. So I could see a scenario where someone goes to Hollywood, uh, even with the uh, or just is raised up in that in that culture, and then uh, succumbs to all the all the uh, horrible things that kind of go in the. Go into that industry. Sure, you got to make that bargain, right? Um, somebody who we thought probably was untouchable was Bill Cosby for the longest time, and right. uh, he came tumbling down. He fell awfully hard. Uh, so, what is the you call it the Cosby uh, the the post Cosby effect? Right. What, what, explain. Well, and the and, and if people, I sometimes I think Richard, especially I I don't know younger listeners, but people. People don't have a concept for how big of a celebrity Bill Cosby was. Uh, one, his stand-up was revered as, uh, man, the 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 t- tippy top of a stand-up comedian, and he was in uh, on television what sixties, seventies, and in, and then obviously into the eighties to the Cosby Show. He was beloved. I mean, oh. I re- I remember oh, yeah. Bill Cosby, uh, Fat Albert, and the Cosby Kids. I grew oh my gosh, I grew yes. up on that. Right. He and he wrote parenting books. Newly expectant fathers read his books on how to parent. Well, and I mean, he, the he had the, the moral aspect on his side that was kind of part of the persona, apparently. And then uh, the other thing about like the Cosby Show in general, I remember the framing up of, and this is actually a good thing from the framing up of uh, an African American family. Uh, they are. Uh, he is a, a medical doctor. Is, isn't that wasn't that right in the show? He was a doctor. His wife was a lawyer. Yeah, the yes. Huxtables. Yes, they are. Hey, th- this is what uh, a person, a, a family in America can become, and it's a, a fam, a minority family. And then to think, then let's take that person, uh, star of Ghost Dad, by the way. Uh, take that <laughs> we'll forget <person>. that one. <laughs> <laughs> take take that person. And now, sad. I mean, behind the scenes, he literally was drugging women and having, you know, relations with them. It's like it's like this. You, it's stranger than the truth in this situation. Stranger than fiction. So, once I call it the Cosby effect. Once uh, he was uh, brought down and that armor was pierced, then I think people started to see other people and look around and go, "Hey, if Bill Cosby uh, can be brought down." I mean, that, that, at that point, Miramax, uh, where Harvey Weinstein, you know, he was part, it's his, he co-founded that uh, studio. I mean, it, it's a little bit on downtimes because it had some bad, not as good movies that he had brought out. And so he was a, a target. He had done all these things. And so the Cosby effect basically is just, hey, he is the big, he's the big, big fish. And we, hey, we've been able to catch this thing. Let's see what else we can catch. And it, you, you saw the dominoes from that point on. Uh, you you have actor a- actors and other directors, and that's when, uh, and you even see it now. The music industry is that way. There's uh, just some other recent ones that have come out. Uh, we talked about Brian Singer earlier as another director. Uh, that uh, once that big fish was caught, I mean, here we go. You know, so right. Well, you know, there's an interesting. Um there's another interesting cultural effect of uh, Bill Cosby. Cult. You know, I think it was also called the Cosby effect, but it was a positive one, which is, <laughs> and and that was uh, during the run of uh, the, the Cosby Show mm-hmm. with the with the Huxtables. Right. Uh, 
more more African Americans were were enrolling in college. Yes, uh, there um, more were completing high school. The dropout rates fell. Right. Uh, it was a remarkable cultural artifact as a result of that that program. And, and, yeah, and, and I feel like it's that sort of positivity that that Hollywood could embrace a little bit if they chose to. But instead, like I said, more time, more times than not. And again, I'm someone who loves movies. I love going. I don't know if you still go to the movies or I still enjoy to go get a bucket of popcorn and go watch a new movie. Um, but the behind the scenes, it's almost it really it's almost uh, you when you look at some of the some of the evils behind the scenes, it's almost like uh, the adult film industry or something where you just know it's bad and it's just rough. Like it's 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 hard to hard to palate. So. Right. Right. Well, my movie going experience these days is uh, basically limited to whatever my my 12 year old twin boys want to see. So, oh, so like a Lego movie, too. Exactly. And I but I right. enjoy it. I, I do enjoy well, it. I, do too, I yeah. enjoy the movie going experience when I was in college. I would go to the uh, the Carlton Theater or the Cumberland Theater in Toronto after after mm-hmm. class, and I would I would watch two three movies in a row. Cool. Uh, that that was you know that was thirty thirty uh, years ago. But um, uh, I I know what you mean. It's because the culture in Hollywood is so th- uh, sick, and um, I just find it difficult to support a lot of those movies unless it's Clint Eastwood because I just think he's a straight up guy. Right, he's a straight shooter. You know, think about uh, we, as another one similar to that. James Wood is yes. someone who's got very conservative, a very conservative mindset. But man, if you folks, if you are a follower on Twitter, I mean, we are on Twitter, but you can follow on my show. But like, but if you're someone who follows James Wood's Twitter and some of the attacks he's under on a daily basis, just for for basically, hey, we have free speech in our country, just for spitting out some of his uh, some of his own thoughts. Uh, man, he's he's just brutalized on there. So. Well, it, yeah, it's 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 far more difficult. I've been told uh, to come out as conservative in Hollywood than it is to come out as gay in Hollywood. Right, and uh, you think about Chris Pratt. We were talking about the Lego Movie. Uh, Chris Pratt is someone who who is conservative. Uh, he is uh, someone who is a a, a Christian. He was someone who. Uh, has more, uh, obvious moral compass. If you listen to the things he talks about, uh, he's really positive. I'm always a, a little bit worried. <laughs> I'm always a little bit worried about Chris Pratt uh, being attacked or like or not getting some parts. But I but I uh, I'm always I'm always uh, glad whenever someone speaks out. And it, it's almost it's sad that the counter uh, the counterculture now is. Uh, a conserv like a conservative voice coming out of something, so it's interesting. Right, right. I mean, it is the new it, it's the new McCarthyism. That's true. Uh, uh, but this time, it's uh, it's the puritanical left. Right. I, and I don't even like the term puritanical because the Puritans, you know, they were they were the the, the you know the first, some of the first Europeans to come to the shores of the United States, and they were. Uh, they were concerned about you know. The, the eternal soul and 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 these sorts of things. They're, I think their 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 intentions were noble, uh, so I don't like to ascribe, uh, you know that that uh, value to what you know what's coming out of Hollywood. But there is right. this zealotry 
that is at times, it seems like sort of puritanical on the one hand and then almost satanic on the other. It's a, well, it's a real dichotomy. And we were talking about Bill Cosby and you think about the portrayal of, of uh, that that father, like that, that dad or like the uh, Ward Cleaver or any, you know anything straight up, even Mike Brady on the Brady Bunch. Yes. Uh, and then you think about television shows that you go from uh, or or a movie. You know, you have a role like Atticus Finch in uh, you know Gregory Peck played uh, Atticus Finch, and and then you have uh, you know the dads of now basically would be like Homer Simpson or someone that's like it's like the why do they why has Hollywood turned uh, the father the dad into a buffoon? Why why is that? Well, I mean, I, it's an interesting uh, change, and it almost like it almost like presses the family unit down even further. Exactly, and I think that's intentional. It's interesting. I, th- I think they want to destroy the family unit. Yep, that's true. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. He's the real John Constantine. Christian D. Cadure of Paranormal Contractors, a division of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Hey, Christian, welcome once again. Hey, thank you for having me once again. You're still parked out in front of the Amityville Horror House on Ocean Avenue in Amityville, Long Island. What's going on? Any activity? Uh, well, it uh, doesn't appear to any activity as we speak. I mean, it's uh, life as usual in the neighborhood here in, the, in Amityville, but it certainly is surreal to be parked outside and looking at this home. You know, this has been, you know, it's been a dream of mine. Uh, this has definitely been on my bucket list of things to do and uh, different uh, s- historical paranormal sites to visit. Nothing peculiar seems to <laughs> Uh, appears uh, from the outside, from street level. Mind you, I don't have a lot of equipment with me on this particular trip, but my next trip, I will certainly have uh, a full arsenal of, uh, of my equipment. Do you think it would be possible if, let's say, there's still paranormal activity going on in the house, and I don't know, since it's changed owners many times, uh, since mm-hmm. those the, the horrific slayings back in the mid-70s, which gave rise to the Amityville Horror book and the movie and the investigation and so forth. But if you're just parked outside in your vehicle like you are now, would mm-hmm. you be able to capture EVPs from that distance? That's a great question. You know, I, I, I pride myself, Richard, as you know, and I know you can attest to it, on a lot of research and development with uh, the remediation aspects for uh, the paranormal industry. Now, when it comes to uh, the investigation, I certainly um, always trying new and different things. 
I guess if someone listens to this episode, maybe well, the audio recording of the microphone here might be able to pick something up. But uh, it, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely possible. Put to the test. Now, if you're on an investigation and you're you're hoping to capture some EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, uh, which supposedly are the uh, the voices of uh, departed souls and, uh, or sorry, departed spirits and, uh, or even demonic activity captured on an audio recording. What are some of the tips? How do you capture a good EVP? All right. So there's also, there's always different grades of EVPs, as you know, different qualities, A, B, C, et cetera, et cetera. But the big thing here is to, is to circumvent false positives and prevent any type of tomfoolery. And, and that's what it's all about because your credibility will be destroyed if somebody uh, figures you out. And in fact, uh, if anybody, anybody wants to send me for free of charge, I will certainly decrypt an EVP that they may be suspicious of in order to establish if it is the real thing or not. And I do that by using a technology called reverse speech. I have decrypted many, many EVPs and I've been able to uh, debunk if it's uh, some f- tomfoolery going on a whole bunch of people that are using a specific EVP to gain notoriety or if it's the real deal but the best tips I can give to anyone that I personally have experienced on EVP is certainly have a camera on you while recording your EVP and whoever you're with state the names of the individuals that you're with and be truthful have them on camera when the EVP is picked up, because that will certainly add to the, your credibility or the credibility of the investigators, because it's very, very easy for somebody in the background to say something under their breath and pick and have that picked up. And then everyone's going to go running around screaming, look what I found. Look what I found, an EVP, an EVP. And, and you know, it, it could just be Somebody in the group of the investigators that are, in fact, just whispered something and it was picked up on the microphone. So try to have everybody in camera view and try to be in an area where there's not a lot of background noise, not a lot of white background noise in order to capture a good quality EVP. Christian, if someone has unwanted paranormal activity in their home or business, how do they get a hold of paranormal contractors? Well, you can reach me directly at uh, 416-994-0777 or toll free at 866-724-0800 or feel free to email me at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com. All right, we'll talk to you next week when you get back from Amityville, Long Island, New York. Uh, Christian, thanks so much. My pleasure, Richard. Thank you. Check out their YouTube channel. Paranormal Contractors for things that go bump in the night. Theoretical physicists say that there's as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, Here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. 
Jack Altermatt, host of the Horrible Movie Podcast, is here. Uh, we mentioned Roseanne Barr earlier and her recent appearance on The Candace Owens Show, taking the Me Too movement to task. What did you think of her comments? You know, I I think you, you and I both would agree that there's a long – you can go back historically minded because you and I are both historically minded people – uh, it's been, it has been a, a quote unquote man's world for a long time. Like it, it's been a, at times male dominated society. Uh, however, however, uh, you know, when you level, when you, you need to kind of level out some things to kind of equalize a few things. But the problem with any of that is whenever you have a group that latches on to even someone that's just generously putting out an olive branch and then <laughs> someone takes over and tries to basically sees how much overreach they can put onto a uh, situation. Well, there's an old expression, the slave becomes the tyrant. And we see the we see this uh, time and time again throughout history where, uh, you know, revolutions rise up and the oppressed then become almost as bad or worse than the oppressors. Right. Um, I mean, we, I don't want to take that metaphor too far. But right. back, back right. to Roseanne, uh, I mean, you know, not there were any tag days for Roseanne Barr. She did quite nicely uh, <laughs> and, and has a wonderful, I think, a pineapple ranch in Hawaii or something. So, right. you know, I don't think she necessarily needs the work. But, uh, I mean, her fall from grace was sudden, abrupt, and merciless right. uh, for for a tweet uh, that she apologized for. It was wrong. There's no question mm-hmm. what she said. But she apologized. She was contrite. Uh, and yet she was fired immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, you know, we see uh, others again from Hollywood doing far right. worse, and and uh, you know, there's no there's there's no penalty, there's no uh, punishment. I wanted to talk to you about sort of the cost of not towing the uh, sort of the company line in Hollywood, uh, because I think the other one that comes to mind was. Um, uh, he was a TV uh, actor. I'm not sure if it was uh, ER. Was it ER? Uh, Isaiah Gray's Anatomy. Gray's Anatomy. Isaiah Washington. I, yeah, Isaiah Washington. Uh, he used there was a basically this argument backstage. He used a homophobic slur backstage, and I, I mean Isaiah is a, a African American actor, uh, a pretty solid actor, and he's still he's still working today. Uh, but but he his quote uh, is is this basically. He's a, there's a quote from an interview he did in 2014 where he talks about that incident where he he used this slur in an argument, uh, and basically then uh, it, he basically was um, uh, slowly wrote I mean quickly written off the show, and then he but in the 2014 interview he talked about how that incident in 2007 uh, killed him as an actor, and so his <laughs> the parts he takes now he just takes them. Because he he basically, as an actor, that that incident he was so drummed out of uh, out of that realm uh, so quickly, like you had said about Roseanne, like just so quickly, just uh, flushed that uh, he basically felt I don't know, I mean dead as an actor. So right. interesting, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean the um, and obviously you know a homophobic slur is wrong and absolutely, but. Common sense, common sense tells us that, Richard. Of course. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, there's no need. But right. if we are all to be judged on uh, a momentary uh, lapse, I mean, if there was a pattern there, right. and I don't know about Isaiah Washington. If, if I think he's a fiery guy. I think yeah. Isaiah Washington's a fiery guy. I think he uh, 
got fired up in a situation, made that mistake, and you, there have been other people in other situations that that would never have happened to, that he never would have been sent away that quickly, but for whatever reason, uh, he just said it to the wrong person or said it in the wrong situation, and you know. Right. Now, how do we measure that, for example? Uh, and it's bad, what he said. But you know, what happened to forgiveness? What right. happened to allowing someone to redeem themselves? Uh, which is, again, the hypocrisy of the left, because when it comes to things like prison reform, they're all about that. Right. Right. But one misstep, and you are basically blacklisted. Gone. Absolutely. Now, how do we measure that, for example, against uh, uh, comedians or actors saying things about the president's children, right. a, a, about the president's 10-year-old son? Which is, uh, again, anything against kids like that, to me, man, you, you got to be pretty uh, gutsy or pretty, I mean, just not intelligent to make a comment about kids like, like, like some people do. It's, it's really brutal, sad. Well, there's just a lack of awareness because they are so emboldened. Uh, I'm yeah. talking about the, uh, you know, the, the radical left. They are so right. emboldened and, and they, they, they run social media, they run academia, they run Hollywood, they run mainstream media. They right. feel they feel uh, so emboldened, they feel impervious, like well, no one, and, they're untouchable. And you can tag onto that, you know, Tim Allen's another one that, uh, this is a guy, and I'll say this, uh, Tim Allen was a uh, young, early in his life, he, he had a drug addiction, he served jail time, he, uh, kind of rose up out of that, which I view, Richard, I I was raised to champion that. Yes. When you oh, when you overcome an addiction, when you overcome, hey, you go to prison, you serve your prison time, you get out. I I view that, and then he uh, as a you should champion that as improving yourself. And uh, you know he was a stand up comedian, and then he parlayed that into home improvement. He parlayed that into Toy Story, which still is a huge franchise. Uh, the Santa Claus franchise, and then he had a show, Last Man Standing, that got canceled by ABC a couple years ago, uh, or by, about a year and a half ago. Basically, just for his, I mean, the all signs point to either either one of two things: his conservative mindset, or uh, or it was or it was uh, contract time to re up contracts. They were getting to that that part of the uh, of a contract where you either got to re up it. Or just cancel the show, but the ratings on that show were so high. Yeah, it was a hit. That, that it made no sense no. for that to be the that to be the reason. Well, we don't know for sure, but we look at the landscape. Yeah. <laughs> I think to yes. me, it's pretty obvious he was right. he was uh, let go because it was it he was a conservative, and the show yes. uh, was was conservative, and that right. just does not fly uh in uh in 2019 in hollywood absolutely uh, have you uh, but i think show, the show was then sub subsequently picked up by fox wasn't it yeah right which makes a lot of sense i mean and and again tim allen i think he's behind the scenes i'm i'm sure he's a pretty good talker and i'm sure he's done this for so long that he's he's never you know he's not missing out on on too much stuff because he's you know he's good at what he does so uh, Dave Chappelle, you know Dave Chappelle, oh, the yes, comedian. Yes. I, I'll say this about Dave Chappelle: uh, some of his stand-up stuff and some of his uh, comedy, especially on Chappelle Show, definitely not family-friendly. So if you're, uh, <laughs> folks, if you're going to show your kids Chappelle Show, that's one thing. That's he works you. blue. That's true. He He's does kind of blue, blue for yeah. sure. But Dave Chappelle, his uh, perception of things—if you've ever listened to him in interviews—he. Uh, 
uh, pretty smart guy. Uh, he also has had a little bit of, I want to say a conservative streak, but a little bit of a, uh, not as over the top, uh, uh, too liberal, but all I'm saying is this, he was do, doing a uh, interview with Oprah and you can look this up online too, folks. Uh, this Dave Chappelle Oprah interview, basically he was doing a Martin Lawrence movie and he talks about this in the interview, how the director in this movie, the director of this movie, uh, basically was wanting him to wear a dress and it, it made no, and Dave Chappelle says in the interview, it made literally no sense for him to have to wear a dress in, in this movie. It was a, like I said, Martin Lawrence movie he was in. Uh, and basically Dave Chappelle's like, I'm not wearing that dress. Here comes another person and another person trying to talk him into it. And eventually he just shuts them all down. He ends up standing his ground on it. It's just an interesting interview. So, folks, if you have a chance to Google that, you yeah, should take a look at that. He does. He, I mean, he does stand by his principles. And I can't remember the, um, the particulars, but he walked away from another TV show where he was the star. Yeah, Chappelle. That's the Chappelle show because it went, it went two basically two and a half seasons. It went three seasons, but the 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 third season was basically a lot of leftover clip type things and repackaging. But uh, and, and he was at the top of it. He walked away from that. Uh, just I think some personal stuff, but also I think he just got burnt out. Uh, but he's an interesting guy. Again, not all the right answers, but none of us have all the right answers, Richard. So. Uh, but I, I found that interview to be really, really interesting. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to uh, talk to you also about um, movies that, you know, the the nature of your podcast, the horrible yes. movie podcast. Yeah. There are a lot of bad movies that get made. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, how does a movie like this ever get made? Like, uh, you know, who made the who, who made the call, you know, to green light <laughs> this project? And the, you mentioned Ishtar earlier, and that's kind of held up as the classic example. I remember seeing it, uh, Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't remember them. It was truly forgettable, but there were some funny moments actually. Some they of the- are a um, they're they're a band. Uh, they are they they're a duo basically, uh, and they are you know they're they're. They're trying to make it in the music industry, but they're really, really, really bad at it. So, and they, uh, but, they get caught up in some—I don't know—revolution in the Middle East or something. 
Right. Uh, they have a, a agent basically that sends them. This is a movie from, a movie from 1987, by the way, folks. Uh, it had a 55 million dollar budget, and it made 14 million at the box office. So, not a, not a real great uh, box office haul for uh, Ishtar. Right, right. Uh, so, sometimes you think you know you put two of the biggest stars on the screen together, and it'll be movie magic. But sometimes there's just zero chemistry. Well, the CIA get involved in this movie, and it really is one of those movies that feels like. It feels like two movies in one. It's just, it's a really weird, it's a really, like it's split in half, really weird movie. So, uh, yeah, Ishtar, and, and you know, you think about those, those movies are made, uh, basically you take, uh, you take uh, Tootsie, you take, uh, uh, that Hoffman was in, you take uh, movies that, uh, Warren, uh, that Warren Beatty was in, he was in Heaven Can Wait before this, and you think that uh, we're going to make like a, uh, a film with a duo in it. It's basically a lampoon of kind of a Bing Crosby, Bob Hope uh, movie. Right, the road then, pictures. Right, yeah. the road pictures. And then, but then basically, uh, it is. It's just uh, uh, did not did not play out well. Did not make any money. And I think that Hollywood thinks sometimes that they're going to roll out uh, a winner and uh, that can't lose. And it and it does this a lot. We do a lot of sequels on our show. There ends up being Richard. A lot of people bring a lot of sequels to our show as well. So, and a lot of bad sci-fi too. Uh, what would be? Um, give me some examples of maybe where the original movie was all right, but then the sequel was just horrible. Well, uh, we did recently. Well, and again, this is all subjective. Remember, movies are always. I always say this too. Movies are always subjective. Some people like them. Some people don't. Uh, the first RoboCop. Some people thought was awesome. Well, by the time we get to RoboCop three, uh, you're in trouble. And you're uh, recycling a lot of stuff. But uh, uh, basically anything, uh, Michael Bay is really good at uh, just repackaging the same concepts in those Transformers movies. Uh, he took over the Turtles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies a few years ago. Uh, similar thing. He always, by the way, casts Megan Fox, a uh, young actress. Uh, I, I don't, there's not anything alleged there, I don't think. I don't think but uh, it is kind of fishy. So anyway. Uh, I wanted to circle back to um, uh, sort of actors or actresses that have, uh, well, it's cost them dearly. You know, they've had some sort of a falling out and uh, their career kind of plummeted. And I I just suddenly realized I hadn't heard about Randy Quaid in an awful long time. Ever since, it seemed like he and his uh, girlfriend or wife kind of went off the deep end. Right. And they they were claiming, although mm -hmm. now it, in retrospect it doesn't sound so bizarre, right. that uh, somebody from Hollywood was trying to kill them, and they they tried to um, seek refugee status here in Canada. In fact, right. they were on the lam here in Canada for a while. Right. They ended up in Vermont, uh, apparently seeking refugee status with Bernie Sanders. No, I'm just, it was, oh. that was a joke. <laughs> okay. That was a joke, Richard. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Sorry. who can tell these days? Shut <laughs> up, but try the veal. I'm here all week. <laughs> That's it. But but what? What is uh, what is going on with Randy Quaid? So, so Randy Quaid, he does live in Vermont, by the way. He ended up back in the states, uh, is working again. I'm looking at his bio online. He's doing some pre-production on a movie right now. But what I what you're you're talking about uh, around 2010, things started to kind of hit the skids. He had a bunch of debt uh, that piled up. He had a bunch of bills he didn't pay on uh, rental houses. They he ended up having a warrant out for his arrest. There's a an interesting video if you want to. Uh, just Google search Randy Quaid uh, talking about Hollywood murders. Uh, he talks in this video about people he 
uh, people in Hollywood that have been murdered. Heath Ledger, Chris Penn, David Carradine, and then these people are also after him and his wife to kill them. And it, like you said, it's just eerie, like, well, that kind of, uh, it's an interesting kind of uh, uh, play on things. I'm not a big, and I told you this earlier too, I'm not a huge uh, uh, pre-programming or hypnosis or Hollywood is brainwashing all of us other than maybe conditioning us all to do the to watch the things we watch sometimes uh but if there were ever that idea of programming starting to slip or going you know uh starting to go wrong the the randy quaid situation may be he's a guy that worked for years and years he was in uh independence day and before that he was in the national lampoon movies i enjoy his work i i think he's a wonderful comedic actor and his brother right. i i enjoy dennis quaid as well yeah yeah, and it's I find it interesting. Randy Quaid is uh, can be so slapstick, especially in those National Lampoon movies. Uh, but then his brother is so like straight laced as an actor. Like that's I always find that interesting. Right, right. But, but he basically, like I said, he 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 went to Canada. He lived in Canada for a while, and then uh, ended up back in the states. And I, but seemingly, he still has uh, warrants out. But he's still – they're living in the States now so or living in Vermont. So so what do you think? Was that some kind of a unfortunate psychotic episode he had? Or, I mean, <laughs> given what we know about or what we suspect about what Hollywood, is, is it possible that he's actually onto something? He's telling us the truth. Well, and you think about um, – you know, you talked about Roseanne earlier. She talks about – She's talked about that programming in length before. Mind control you, in Hollywood. Yeah, I had absolutely. him on my, my, my weekly radio show a number of years ago talking about that. And, and, that, and that's interesting to me. Again, I, I'm, I'm, not a, um, I'm not a skeptic. I'm also not someone that is just like, oh, that, that is exactly, that's exactly what it is. Because I don't know, just based on research and everything else. I, it's hard to tell, Richard, honestly. But I do know that uh, sometimes there are some really strange things that go on. And uh, if they're pumping out these uh, actors and actresses and everything and and movies, uh, if they can control, maybe if they can control those actors and actresses, maybe that's uh, something that we're you know we're just maybe it's happening that we're uh, not savvy to how it's happening. You know. So. Well, it's like the uh, you know the early days of rock and roll when when the uh, a lot of it was run by organized crime and Las Vegas at one yes. point. It yeah. kind of, it's one of these cycles that industries go through where it's kind of like the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, uh, Hollywood has that element too. Now, a lot of it is very corporate, but there are some very unsavory types that have a lot of power. Yes. And who knows? I mean, what goes on? I, 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 I don't think things have changed that right. much from the Middle Ages in terms of the way people go about their lives and do business, except, you know, except now we have technology and we're much more sophisticated. But in terms of power struggles, uh, even, you know, with monarchs and so forth, uh, it, I think they're just as ruthless as they were back then. But now it's like now it's an iron fist in a velvet glove. Mm-hmm. And and it's a the uh it's e- it's easier to deny if things are done behind a computer screen or behind the phone screen or just the way that uh, people are a little slicker about how they go about doing things. Or I, I say that there are some things that are just plain out in the open, and we all just kind of turn a, turn a blind eye to it too sometimes. Oh I, yes, oh yes. Yeah, social social media. I mean, social media is built on that. Social- what do you th- what do you think? 
Stanley Kubrick was trying to tell us with his final film, Eyes Wide uh, Shut. Oh, yeah, you're you're right. The uh, Kubrick, unbelievable. I'll tell you right now, if folks, if you have not seen 2001 A Space Odyssey, don't look at it from a today standpoint. Try to put your mind in how old is that movie? 40, 50 years? Uh, 1968, so 41 years. Okay, put put your mindset in. This is a, a movie from that long ago, and it looks futuristic. Like it still <laughs> it holds up and looks futuristic. But Eyes Wide Shut, uh, I think, was a direct. Uh, hey, there is this behind the scenes. Uh, there is a behind-the-scenes culture that you on the outside know nothing about. I, I think that uh, he knew it. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that, that claim he was someone who helped film the uh, moon landing. I'm not, a, I'm not a big proponent of that. Or, or they used uh, his, uh, his knowledge to help film the quote-unquote fake moon landing on a Hollywood movie set. I, I don't think that that's real. But um, uh, he was definitely given some signs, I think. I mean, it was, the, it was his final movie. So, I mean, he what did he have to lose, right? Jack, what's coming up next on Horrible Movie Podcast? Oh, well, oh, we're going to have uh, uh, Angels in the Outfield. is a, a great movie. Uh, if you base your spiritual beliefs on a movie, uh, don't base them on Angels in the, in the Outfield, Richard. Uh, but uh, it's greatly entertaining. Matthew McConaughey is in it. Danny Glover. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is also in it. And Christopher Lloyd. And Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown. Uh, he okay, is the head dokey. Of that's, oh, that's, that's, a, that's my that's, one impression is Christopher Lloyd. That's a great Christopher. There you go. That's from so Taxi. Good. All from right. Taxi. <laughs> wow. That's great. Okay. So you're going to talk Angels in the Outfield. And again, where can people uh, subscribe to the Horrible Movie Podcast? People can listen. Apple Podcasts. Spreaker.com and basically anywhere you get podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, also the horrible movie podcast.com. Uh, also, uh, we are uh, at the end of March, depending on when this drops. At the end of March, uh, we're doing a live panel at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. We're talking about Superman 3, and uh, it's going to be great. That's on uh, March the 31st. Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. It's a great con, by the way, Richard. Uh, Henry Winkler is there. Uh, William Shatner is going to be there. A list of phenomenal, phenomenal people. So Sounds like great fun. It's going to be great fun. As was this, Jack. Always enjoy speaking with you. Thank you so much. Hey, Richard. Hey, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Anything we can ever do for you, uh, let us know. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back to tell you a little bit about what's coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited. Hi, friends. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber, $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me, and all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. Since YouTube demonetized my channel, I need your support more than ever. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com 
forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Coming up next, what are they spraying on us? Broadcaster Ronnie McMullen discusses geoengineering and chemtrails. A lot of the scientists that have created these viruses were creating a virus so that they could create an antidote so that if we, and as the world, ever got something really bad, we'd have something to fight with. But as soon as they create the virus, the scientist dies immediately. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.